Section 16 of History of New Brunswick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. History of New Brunswick by Peter Fisher. Section 16. Appendix Number 1. Speech of His Excellency, the Lieutenant Governor, at the meeting of the General Assembly at Fredericton, February 1, 1825. Mr. President and Gentlemen of His Majesty's Council, Mr. Speaker and Gentlemen of the House of Assembly, I have much satisfaction in meeting the Legislature of New Brunswick. I am well persuaded that you will continue to promote and support the interests and institutions of the province in a manner that will not fail to receive from me that ready and cordial concurrence which it will be my greatest pleasure to bestow upon all measures that may be calculated to advance the public good. It affords me great pleasure to have it in my power to congratulate you on the very prosperous state of the provincial finances. The revenue of the last exceeds greatly that of any former year, and yields a large surplus beyond the charges incurred within the corresponding period. Mr. Speaker and Gentlemen of the House of Assembly, I shall direct the Treasurer's accounts to be laid before you. I rely upon your making the usual provisions for the ordinary services of the province, and I am happy to acquaint you that the state of the Treasury is such as to enable you to provide for other objects of public interest and utility, to which your bounty has already been extended, and also to promote other important services which I shall hereafter bring before you. Mr. President and Gentlemen of His Majesty's Council, Mr. Speaker and Gentlemen of the House of Assembly, Watching assiduously over the public interests, I shall have to submit to you, by message, various measures which it will be necessary to bring under your consideration in the course of the session. But whilst I reserve matters of detail for that mode of communication, important considerations and general views, which require to be fully and forcibly put to the country, and which could not be properly treated in partial or very concise form, render it expedient, on this particular occasion, to lay before you such a statement of public affairs as may embrace, generally, all interests, and leave nothing in doubt as to our real situation in the more important branches of our well-being. I have a great pleasure in stating to you that I find the affairs of the province to be generally in a very prosperous condition. It will be useful, however, to observe closely how far this prosperity depends upon adventitious circumstances, and in what degree it rests upon our own inherent means and resources. For it is necessary to contemplate the condition in which the country might be placed by alterations in such of her transactions as may be deemed precarious, to feel, with due effect, the necessity which I earnestly represent of attending zealously to those internal resources which are not of that uncertain description. The trade of the province is, at present, very active, but much of that activity depends obviously upon external circumstances, on the permanency of which it were imprudent to continue to stake so exclusively the well-being of the country. It will be prudent, therefore, to endeavor to open channels by which we may make our commerce more general, consequently less precarious, 
and particularly to establish and improve commercial intercourse with our sister colonies. Taking from them what we require, we may make returns by some important operations of our industry, and particularly by the proceeds of an advantageous trade which this transaction would greatly extend, contributing thus to each other's wants, in a way mutually beneficial, and in a union of interests promoting and consolidating strong and lasting ties. Other channels for commercial operations of very advantageous natures invite us to cultivate with increased activity that rich source of wealth, one of our natural advantages, which our fisheries present. These, if rendered more productive, will afford us great additional facilities in trade with the new states of South America. And there are favorable openings in the liberal policy of the present times which should encourage us to cultivate, by every means, commercial intercourse with those states. By your wisdom and bounty, the fisheries have been improved on remote parts of the coasts of British America, but I recommend you to consider whether the home or coast fisheries might not be brought more under the fostering and stimulating influence of your bounty by some extension of its provisions. The main branch of our manufacturing industry, shipbuilding, has increased prodigiously and is now carried on to an extent beyond that of any former period, but it is submitted to your consideration whether it is not accompanied by some disadvantageous circumstances which detract vastly from the great value it might be made to produce and to leave in the province and for which i have no doubt you will adopt prudent remedies that will render this branch of industry more staple as well as more beneficial vast sums are sent from this province in specie for the purchase of foreign agricultural produce this enormous burthen operating in fact as a tax raised by foreign industry on our food contributes to raise high above the rate of surrounding countries the wages of labor here and to lay the province under corresponding difficulty and disability in every branch of its industry it comes home to us grievously in various forms in every operation of our domestic and political economy and i appeal to your wisdom to your patriotism to the real interests and to the public spirit of the country for zealous cooperations in the measures and exertions necessary to relieve the province from this most serious difficulty. Agricultural, emigrant, and other societies should be encouraged to extend and exert their influence in every way that can tend to promote, improve, circulate, and distinguish the modes and means most favorable to augment the production of subsistence. By such means, too, we may reasonably expect soon to possess a population sufficient for the operative parts of all other branches of industry, and when these several operations shall all be executed by British subjects and British colonists, the province will feel and exhibit in her condition the good effects of having closed those drains that have long carried off much capital, which otherwise would have been laid out in the merchant stores, in the cultivation of the soil, and in other productive enterprises of vast advantage. Large sums have been expended on the great roads of this province, but their condition shows the inefficiency of the present system in appropriation and execution.
This arises chiefly from having tried too much, and in such attempts dispersing limited means to superficial and endless labor, on works far too numerous and costly to be all substantially improved at the same time. Such appropriation, therefore, should be made of the sums which may be allotted to the great roads as may ensure effectual exertion upon them in succession, and in the order of their importance, and at the same time preclude those partial and general alterations in the lines of roads from which vast sums of public money have been uselessly expended. The public service has been exposed to very serious inconvenience by irregularities incident to the present line of communication between the seat of government and the city of St. John. To remedy this, whatever it may be necessary to do in other times and seasons, I earnestly recommend the expediency of completing such a communication with St. John, for a winter traveling and post road, as may not be subject to those serious interruptions and dangers to which the present line must always be exposed during the greater portion of the year. Fully impressed with the importance of attending to the efficiency of the militia, I have derived much satisfaction from what I have witnessed of their appearance and public spirit. The militia law will have to pass under your revision, generally, and I recommend the amendment of those clauses which press so severely upon the militiamen in regard to the distance of travel to their drill, and also with respect to age, at unnecessary cost of time, and inconvenience to the people. I earnestly recommend to your continued patronage the several institutions for the education of our youth, and I may have occasion hereafter to recommend measures for giving security and encouragement to those provident institutions, which I am happy to acquaint you have been established in this province, under very promising circumstances, highly advantageous to the country. I have great satisfaction in acquainting you that our most gracious sovereign has condescended to patronize the College of New Brunswick with his gracious favor, and to bestow a grant from his royal revenues in this province, to place that institution upon a very improved establishment, and I rely upon such gradual provision being made hereafter, in addition to your last vote, as may enable the governor and trustees to proceed in the erection of a suitable building. His Majesty's Secretary of State has further dispensed the grace and favor of the Crown in a manner that cannot fail to be duly and fully appreciated, and to sustain those principles of attachment and loyalty which distinguish the origin and course of this colony. In addition to the provision made for the Madras schools, generally, and to that of the African school at St. John, I recommend some provisions for a similar establishment at the seat of government, to bring more generally within the influence of these excellent institutions a portion of the human race to whom we owe kindness, charity, and benevolence, and for whom we should provide religious, moral, and industrious education. In the very prosperous condition which the affairs of this province may now permanently take, I perceive that the period is arrived for entertaining enlarged views and scope of system necessary to supersede some very disadvantageous circumstances which should be gradually corrected and to raise the province to that consideration value and importance which it will soon assume if the management of its affairs proceed upon sound views 
and estimates of her true situation, and be conducted according to fixed and solid general principles. But great misery and embarrassment may be inflicted on young and advancing countries, if disturbed by doubts, or exposed to quick transitions arising from different schemes of temporizing policy, and I desire to point out the errors and dangers of all contingent measures and pursuits made only to comply with chance circumstances, temporary interests, and adventitious excitements. To that solid course, then, which may best embrace all of those interests of which the public good is made up, and upon which the permanency of your prosperity depends, I shall endeavor to look, and on it encourage the exertions of the whole population to push their special interests with spirit and enterprise, under the sober guidance of general measures calculated to produce a steadiness, healthfulness, and solidity of progress, which, under divine blessing, and the powerful and enlightened protection of our parent state, will gradually conduct this happy province to a very high degree of value and prosperity. At a general meeting of the members of the legislature and other respectable gentlemen from all parts of the province, assembled in one of the committee rooms of the House of Assembly, on Thursday the 17th of February, 1825, by request of the Lieutenant Governor, to take into consideration some propositions to be submitted by His Excellency relating to the improvement of agriculture, etc., in this province, when His Excellency was pleased to open the proceedings of the meeting with the following speech. The purpose for which I have caused this meeting to be convened is of the first importance to the country, and I am delighted to find myself surrounded on this occasion, as I hope to be on every occasion, by those distinguished persons from whose station, stake, and consideration in the country I may expect the most powerful aid in promoting the great objects I have in view, if we are all fully impressed with the expediency and necessity we are under, each in our several stations, of doing all that may depend upon us to accomplish the purposes which I am now to bring more particularly under your consideration. The purpose for which we are met is to inquire whether some encouragement and excitement may not be applied to agricultural pursuits, to operate discreetly and gradually in a manner to relieve the country from the great difficulty and disability under which it is laid by the vast sums which we pay for our food, and from the very disadvantageous effects which this produces on the cost of labor, and consequently in all branches of our industry. Under ordinary circumstances, the high price occasioned by deficiency in the supply of any article in general demand, operating as a premium upon increased production, has a direct and natural tendency to remedy its own evils. This, in fact, is an effect which is working here, though slowly, to cure the malady of which we complain and if other branches of industry were not in an excited, forced, and somewhat unnatural condition, it would be unnecessary, superfluous, or perhaps disadvantageous, to interfere with the sources and currents of supply which ultimately accommodate themselves in the most advantageous and fittest way to meet demand. But these are peculiarities in the circumstances of this country, which must appear very obvious to all persons who have correct notions 
of the extent of her business and dealings compared with the limited population and capital we possess which occasioning powerful competitions in other branches would appear to demand some additional encouragement and adventitious aid to draw labor and capital in greater quantities to the cultivation of the soil to consider properly the best modes and means by which we may augment the production of subsistence it will be proper to resolve the question into the consideration of the elements of production viz labor capital and land and to inquire in what way we can give to those constituent parts of production the facilities and encouragement they require to compete with other branches which are obviously under the influence of adventitious excitement with respect to land we possess it in abundance and in quality ready to yield what we may in a judicious manner require of it and it will be one of my main objects to endeavor to lay open to agricultural pursuits extensive tracts which have long been locked up in reserved superabundance this measure has in one case been heretofore sought and petitioned for but it was not accorded to at that time in consequence of doubts entertained by his majesty's government as to the value of the standing produce of that land for other purposes but it is an advantage arising from a late appointment to a high situation in the province that powers are given subject to certain conditions and regulations which i may sanction to throw open portions of those reserves to meet the improving circumstances of the country and this will be speedily observed in a way that will open considerable tracts of valuable land to the operations of agriculture proceeding next to the consideration of capital it has appeared to me to be very desirable that some new measures should be taken with a view to attract the enterprises of capitalists not only to the cultivation of fresh tracts but likewise to that of the wastelands of the province generally and i entertain the intention of bringing this proposition under the consideration of the high authorities elsewhere upon whom this will depend but the creation and accumulation of small capitals sufficient to enable the working man to enter with advantage on the cultivation of a grant of land of the usual extent is a matter in degree and practicability much within the influence of our own measures and it becomes therefore subject of very fit consideration for this meeting composed of so many distinguished persons who returning soon to their respective countries may give information respecting those institutions which are constituted and likely i trust to be protected to provide for the safe custody and accumulation of the small savings of the industrious classes of society the greater part of such accumulations may be considered as funds rescued from unproductive consumption to be laid out productively in various important branches of industry and whilst therefore in this view the provident institutions deserve encouragement from all classes they more particularly suggest to the gentlemen acting in the different emigrant and agricultural societies and to the employers of agricultural labors generally the cooperation which may be expected from savings banks in encouraging by enabling all industrious persons soon to enter with advantage on the cultivation of the soil as proprietors of land 
the poor emigrant, for instance, who comes to the country destitute of pecuniary means, and who should always be met and welcomed with a great deal of charitable attention and protection, should be told that to enter on the laborious enterprise of clearing a lot in the wilderness, without capital, would be to entangle himself in very considerable difficulty. The best course which such a person can pursue would be to avail himself of the assistance, which it should be a main object of all emigrant societies to provide, to procure advantageous employment in which to acquire experience of the climate, habit of labor, and best modes of culture, and whilst acquiring these, to accumulate his savings in the savings banks, in the manner that any person, who is not burdened with a large family, may soon do, in farm service in summer, and in other pursuits in winter. This object will perhaps be best pursued by the emigrant societies in the different parts, taking active measures to become acquainted with the circumstances and description of emigrants so soon as they arrive, and entering in a book their names, age, trade or occupation, objects, and the means they may possess of pursuing these. From those entries of the circumstances and condition of the individuals, emigrant societies would be competent to give them counsel and protection. If the emigrant's desire should be to agricultural pursuits, which will commonly be the case, but that he has no capital to commence with, he should be advised to put himself to farm service, and his attention should be drawn to the facilities which savings banks provide for receiving, securing, and augmenting his savings. If this measure meet concurrence in its objects and practicability, it will be received as an appeal to the agriculturists of the country to keep correspondence with the nearest emigrant societies for the purpose of procuring laborers of their recommendation. But although it may not be expedient for a person without capital to enter at once on the cultivation of his tract, yet it appears to me that some inducement should be applied to excite his industry by a prospect of an advantageous location so soon as he finds himself capable of undertaking it. And in this view I see no difficulty in the arrangement, and on the other hand great public advantage in securing for persons thus working for their capital locations upon the lots they may prefer, subject to a condition that within one year the emigrant society in whose books they may be registered report favorably of their proceedings in a manner to give fair expectation that at the end of a further short period they should be able to enter upon their location and pay a proportion of their fees, in aid of which the society should provide some donation or loan. But when the emigrant has pecuniary means or is resolved to enter at once on his land, the emigrant societies will be enabled to let him choose his situation in the plans of unoccupied lots reserved for emigrants, which plans will for this purpose be transmitted to the emigrant societies, and to whose recommendations a quick return of location tickets will be made. And I am happy to say that this measure will be observed and promoted with much ability and zeal by the distinguished persons on whom it will severally depend. When we reflect that one of the greatest difficulties under which we labor in accomplishing the great purpose of independence with respect to our food 
arises from the want a working population sufficient for all operative parts of our industry, and consequently the very high rate of wages and food, which lays the agriculturist under disadvantages of the most serious description. In a climate where the productive powers of the earth are so long dormant, we must all concur in the necessity of aiding societies by whose means so many able hands can be procured, and for want of properly supporting which so many have passed to a foreign land. An increased competition or supply of labor, then, will be much influenced by arrangements such as I have indicated, whilst in its modes, intelligence, and material means it may be greatly promoted by agricultural societies. These, under the designation of agricultural and emigrant societies, I should wish to see formed in every county in the province, and sub-societies organized under them to carry their benefits to all parts of the country. I trust, indeed, that ere you depart, the foundation, or rather the reorganization of such a system, will be completed, and I call upon the gentlemen of distinction from the different counties who are now present to concur in this measure, and when they return to their respective counties, to engage to organize such societies to be composed of persons who would be most likely to cooperate in this great purpose. I feel confident that whenever societies shall be so organized in any county, they will meet the provision which I trust will be made by the liberality of the country for their support and efficiency, and I perceive with much satisfaction that the public spirit of the country is in many parts exhibiting itself in the form and for the purpose which we contemplate for general adoption. For the purpose of improving, circulating, and distinguishing the modes and means most favorable to increased production, and of drawing to a focus that information which it may be desirable to possess here in the seat of government, for myself, and for you, it will be proper that some provision should be devised for the laborious part of that purpose, which will depend upon a secretary who should be appointed to manage the correspondence of the Central Committee to report proceedings to the General Meeting. The General Meeting should be composed of all members of the Legislature, of all Presidents and Vice-Presidents of County Societies, and of all members subscribers in the regulated amount. The Central Committee should be named in the general meeting to carry on the correspondence during the recess and to arrange the general accounts, but the appropriation of public funds should be made direct to the county societies and subject only to the audit of the Central Committee. These reports will thus exhibit a general statement of the sums expended and whether commensurate progress has been made in the improvement of agricultural implements, machinery, modes of culture, augmentation of production, and breed of cattle, all of which should be under the influence of these meetings. With views such as these, so soon as I discovered, in studying your affairs, the disabilities and difficulties which the province might have to contend with from deficiency in the supply of food, and aware that it would require pecuniary means, on my part, to put into activity the plans which I then formed, and now lay before you, I submitted to His Majesty's Secretary of State the importance of sanctioning a small grant 
from the funds at the disposal of the crown to meet the liberality and public spirit with which i am persuaded elsewhere and everywhere the great object now under our consideration will be supported i have great satisfaction in showing how readily this has been dispensed i will read the terms of it and hasten to say that the use i shall make of it will be to place a sum which i hope will be annual at the disposal of those county societies that are or may be organized to meet the views which i here lay before you in communicating this grant from his majesty's revenue to the agricultural societies it is however my duty to state that the continuation of this grant for future years will depend upon the report which i may have in my power to make of the advantages which it may have produced and these will mainly depend upon the liberality and zeal with which this provision is seconded in the country generally the society having been formed and organized the president communicated to the meeting that he had received a message from his excellency the lieutenant governor that it was his intention to attend the meeting in person to communicate his sentiments on their proceedings and his acceptance of the office of patron whereupon his excellency entered and having taken the chair addressed the society as follow mr president vice presidents and gentlemen of the agricultural and emigrant society i evince the satisfaction and cordiality with which i receive your address by placing myself in this chair as your patron on the very instant the distinguished seat is offered to me and the first sentence i shall deliver from it is to assure you that my most zealous exertions shall be used to promote the great objects we have in view in every way that may depend upon me i am gratified for the present sanguine and confident for the future when i look around me and perceive the distinguished persons of whom this society is composed and the interest which it has excited and it is particularly pleasing to me to find myself supported by the distinguished person whom you have placed in the president's chair i congratulate you gentlemen upon such an election and myself on having such coadjutors the agricultural and emigrant societies being now about to go into immediate and as i hope successful operation it may not be useless to express to you and through you to convey to the public some appeals to those exertions which will be required to realize the benefits which we here contemplate and for attaining which the course is now so clear this fine and as i have hitherto found it happy province is advancing rapidly with growth almost exuberant to a station the real intrinsic character and condition of which in other times will depend mainly upon the manner in which we who are now directing its affairs in certainly a critical period of its advancement when it is daily developing its resources and forming its system may discharge our several duties by doing all that may depend upon us to train sustain and correct the principles habits and pursuits and to regulate the exertions by which unquestionably it may be conducted to a state of great prosperity to consider these duties with reference to all the obligations we owe to the country in the several branches which contribute to its most political and statistical progress 
would lead us away far beyond the sphere of our present purpose. I shall, therefore, only consider the duties we have to fulfill in regard to the institutions now completely organized. The several purposes contemplated by those institutions call upon us to promote habits of frugality, domestic economy, and useful industry, as training a rural population to settle and labor on the soil, and to assist them so to exert themselves in the modes and means of culture as to improve our agricultural condition, to make us more independent, at least for our food, and subsequently to set free other branches of industry which are now under great disability. The foundation of systems which may produce such benefits has now been laid. I have had much satisfaction in recommending and promoting them. My views have been cordially and ably seconded everywhere. The measures they call for have now been adopted, and they have been liberally endowed by the legislature with pecuniary means to animate and quicken the system. The Savings Bank Bill, the organization and endowment of the body I now address, open to the industrious classes of society and to the interests of the country generally, a distinct view of the progress that may be made from foundations laid first in habits of frugality and domestic economy, onwards through moral and provident conduct, to security and accommodation, productive application, improvement in agriculture, increase of population, competition in labor, encouragement and development of industry, and augmented production. The acts and the system of this session have laid the foundation of much improvement to the country on solid grounds, and seeds which should blossom hereafter are planted in the fertile soil. But whether the superstructure is to be raised, or them seeds are to spring, depends not on those who have labored on the foundation, or who have provided the means that may quicken the process. Whether the savings bank bill, or this most admirable institution, are to be effectual in doing good, depends upon the degree of public spirit with which our exertions here may be supported and extended in the country generally. All public institutions live only by public spirit in any country, but this is particularly the case in young countries, where man owes to fellow man a greater contribution of his concern and of his aid. Look at the progress of an individual case. When a settler goes singly to encounter the difficulties and the labor of a solitary location in an unsettled district, and with the sweat of his own brow to shelter his family, and to clear space to receive the seeds which are to yield his immediate subsistence, we all know what fortitude, power, and time are required to accomplish such beginnings. But should he undertake his enterprise on a site near to where former settlers have experienced such difficulties, the recent sense brings to his aid the little community to labor for him, and by the exertions of that public he is speedily established in a way that he might never have accomplished by his own solitary powers. This is public spirit. So may it be with the edifices we are now raising. They are, in some respects, partially, and in others wholly, new settlers in this country. 
and they are well deserving of public exertion to complete the useful fabric. We are here entirely dependent upon public spirit. What can these systems do without it? They would languish from this day and might expire even in their cradle. This I do trust will never happen. I know not how long I may be the witness of their progress, but sure I am that the intensity of interest which I feel in this province, and which I have imbibed paternally, for the success of these institutions which I have been instrumental in bringing forward, will always be felt with such solicitude as shall give me pleasure in their success, but which from that very interest will suggest reproach if, which cannot be, they should fail from want of public exertion. But remember that time, labor in arrangement and management, must be contributed gratuitously for the chief offices of these institutions. I am confident that those sacrifices will be cheerfully tendered by the public spirit of the country in a way that shall produce advantage to it, and reflect everlasting credit, honor, and substantial enjoyment upon the patriotic persons who may offer their aid. It cannot fail to do so, for the man who feels the real impulses of public spirit is usually the happiest, because he is the best of beings. Public spirit contains in it every laudable passion and every fine affection. It comprehends our duties toward our parents, to our kindred, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our fellow man in every degree, and to everything dear to mankind in the public institutions formed of them. Public spirit is the highest of virtues and affords the highest degree of satisfaction. Steadfast in good purpose, fidelity and trust, impartial to all, a passion to promote universal good with personal labor, pains, and the sacrifice of every selfish feeling, to endeavor to maintain society in peace, tranquility, plenty, and security. It is, in short, as I feel it, one man's care for the many. And, as you, I am persuaded, feel it, the concern of every man for the good of all. This sentiment binds us together in the pursuit of public advantage to a cooperation from which I am convinced none will shrink in any difficulty which these institutions may have to encounter. And onward let us go with the determination that when we meet again in this place we may receive and record reports which shall prove that our schemes have prospered. I have now the pleasure to announce that from the funds which His Majesty's Secretary of State has put at my disposal from the King's casual revenue, I shall appropriate twenty-five pounds to each of the county societies for the present year, subject to the regulations and conditions already established. And I will not fail to intercede for a continuance of this royal bounty if I can report success in our labors. End of section 16. Recording by Roger Moline.